Hello, Sports Box fans, and welcome back to Sports Box. I'm your host, Jude, as always, and welcome back to another installment of Aftermath. And man, what a. We're here. Week 14 of the NFL season has concluded. We look ahead, four more games left on this f- wonderful season that we've had so far, but four more games that we have left, a lot and a lot of playoff implications um, coming up in week 15, coming up in week 16, especially week 17. Um, we got it started. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say we got started, but last night was a big one. Uh, the, the Rams versus the Cardinals was, I think, I'd say the biggest, one of the bigger games of the weekend. I, to, to, I, you could maybe argue Bills, Buccaneers, the way it sort of ended, but I'd say Rams, Cardinals was a great game for the Rams. <laughs> the Cardinals really struggled. And and I think what we've seen is if you can make the Cardinals turn the ball over, they are going to become desperate. And when they become desperate, that's when you have that's when you have them in in, in your grasp, right? That's when you have them. Um and and I think the Rams did an excellent job. I thought uh, Matthew Stafford, man, he, he was slinging the ball. He had one unbelievable touchdown to uh, Cooper Cup, which was like, I mean, I know the cornerback was mad, but I don't even know if you could be mad. It was just such a perfect pass that it was, it, it, it was, it was improbable for the, the cornerback to even make a play. Um, it was, it was that great. Uh, Sonny Michelle had himself a game, 20 carries for 79 yards. You know, I, I think what the Rams are really going to have to need as we, you know, dive into these, you know, these final four games, and obviously once we end the playoffs, is they are going to have to establish some sort of run, right? The teams that they are going to play are going to key on Cooper Cup. I don't think it's going to be like the regular season where Cooper Cup has the free reign to go one-on-one and everything. Teams are now going to game plan for what Cooper Cup has done. They've seen this season and they said, okay, wow, he's had a magnificent season. He's obviously the leading hand for Offensive Player of the Year and he's probably going to win it. But all we need is one game. Throw statistics out the window. One game, we will not let this man catch the football. They're going to have to beat us another way. Do I trust Vance Jefferson enough? No, <laughs> I don't. I think he, I think he's one of those guys that's like, man, he has that one huge play. Like last night where he had the 50-yarder touchdown. Feels like he has one of those every week or one in every two weeks. I feel like they run that play a lot and it, and it works. But do I trust him enough to go win us a ball game? No. Do I trust Odell? Odell's been better, but I don't think that I could single handedly say, okay, Odell's going to go win us this football game. And especially with this lackluster run game, they're going to need guys like Odell Beckham, like Vance Jefferson, like Tyler Higby, who obviously missed this week, but he's coming back. They're going to need guys like that to step up because. I think Cooper Cup, he's, he's going he's gonna to do well, right? He'll do well. But teams are going to start to key on him and make the Rams beat him another way. And I think the loss of Robert Woods really hurt. Because I would have said, it would have been a whole different argument for me, say Robert Woods is, you know, still there. Then it's like, okay, teams aren't going to key as much on Cooper Cup because they also have to worry about Robert Woods. I think you can go one-on-one across the board without, besides Cooper Cup. I, I think you can go one-on-one. I think Odell's an excellent receiver, but... He has to show me anything that believes me otherwise. That that you that you have to go, you know, shadow or whatever, whatever type of coverage you want on him. You can go one on one with him, right? 
So that, that those are my conf- concerns for the Rams. Did it show yesterday? No. I mean, it, absolutely not. I think the defense from the defensive offense, the Rams look great. Obviously, they put up 30 points against, well, what team had the best record, but now sit at 10-3. and three. I don't know, man. This Cardinals team is like... It, they're 10 and 3 and they look great, but there's also a part of me that says this team might collapse in these last four games. Now, are they going to lose the last four games? I mean, they, they have a favorable schedule right now. They play Dallas week 17. Um, and I think they play in that. They actually play Indianapolis the week before. So they do have somewhat of a difficult schedule. And it will be a test um, to see how good they play and obviously how good they'll advance into the playoffs. But Kyler Murray should not be throwing the ball 49 times. That's just absurd. And. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say on the game. I think both teams are in interesting situations. I think the Rams, you know, obviously they they could still win the division. I mean, there is a good chance they win out. The Cardinals lose maybe all they need is lose one game. But if they lose, you know, two uh, to to Indianapolis and the Cowboys, that could be a huge thing for the Rams. They could slide into that, you know, obviously to win the NFC West and have a higher seed. There's a lot of, you know, things that could happen and, and, and go the right way for the Rams. The Cardinals, on the hand, they just got to handle business, get back to what they're good at. And Kyler Murray got to stop throwing the ball 49 times. I'll tell you that, Cliff. Um, other things I took away from the weekend, and, and we talked about this, and I want to shout out Stop the Clock. Obviously, it's on here, and it's on my, my buddy Sam's um, platform. It's on SoundCloud. It's on YouTube. Uh, YouTube, it's actually really cool. You know, we, we record them, too. So Stop the Clock is basically... You know, it's it's a weekly talk show that we do every Saturday where we talk about the games that are going to be happening on Sunday and Monday. And then we also just talk about, you know, sport. I mean, it's like it's like a show. I mean, it's a sports show. So um, in the sense that, you know, we get to collaborate and we get to debate and we get to talk and all that. It's, it's super fun. Um, but that's that's a perfect chance if you really like to hear that more of debating aspect of the, the sports shows. But anyway, a topic that we brought up was about Urban Meyer. And, I, and Urban Meyer has been a topic this whole season. And I even made a podcast earlier this season about the crisis of Urban Meyer. But there's been so much more that has happened that it's almost like I could make another podcast, which I'm not. But it, there's so much more that I could make a podcast on. Obviously, we know he's lost the locker room and he had all these issues. You got to fire the dude. I mean, that point blank, you have to fire Urban Meyer. There's no buts or ifs. You have to. You have to fire the guy. You're not helping your team. And, and I'm and I'm going and I'm gonna imagine a pros and cons list. The only pro that I see of keeping Urban Meyer is you get a better draft pick, <laughs> which almost you could put in the con because that means okay, well then you got to lose out and lose the rest of your game. So I mean, that's the only pro that I'm seeing, right? That's the only pro that I am seeing. There is no other pro of having Urban Meyer still as your head coach. It, do, it, it doesn't serve any justice, right? And I know there's guaranteed money and whatsoever. Man, I'll take that money to get this dude off my team. I mean, he has taken in a franchise that was bad. I mean, right, it was bad. Obviously, they, they got Trevor and they got a few other guys, Travis Etienne, and they bought a few other guys. They had young stars like James Robinson, Josh Allen. They had guys, right, but it wasn't a complete team. He took a bad team and did the impossible. And that's not win the Super Bowl, but, but make a bad team terrible in less than a season. He took a very bad team and made them terrible. That is almost as improbable. That's almost as amazing as winning a Super Bowl. There's a lot you got to do to make to to have the Jaguars at this point. 
I don't know how they've won football games. I'm going to be honest. I, I do not know how they're 2-11. You know, obviously they have the win over the Dolphins, and then they have the win over the Bills, which both of those are crazy. I mean, the fact that they even have a win over the Bills is crazy, uh, which shows the inconsistency of the Bills, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it, 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 I, I just don't know what justice it serves by keeping him on the staff. And honestly, anybody that's related to Urban Meyer in the front office, get rid of them. Honestly, complete reset. Destroy destroy your stadium, get rid of everything, rebuild from literally the ground up. I know it seems crazy, but in the long run, it is going to be beneficial because the, the, the foundations that the Jaguars are built on is not a winning culture and it will never be as long as that owner is still there and Urban Meyer is still your head coach, okay? That's all I got to say because I feel like I've talked about Urban Meyer every week that I've gotten the chance but it is important for people to know that Urban Meyer, it, it, it's crazy, okay? It, it, it's absolutely crazy that he's still an NFL head coach. On a more positive note, Michael Parsons is the defensive player of the year. That is my hot take for week 14. What I have seen this guy do, and I watch every Cowboys game, okay? I watch every Cowboys game. I might not watch your favorite team's game, but I watch Cowboy games, and I get the luxury I've seen Trevon Diggs and Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons is defensive player of the year. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back this week and I'm gonna watch some Miles Garrett tape. Okay, and I will watch TJ Watt tape. And then I will make a podcast being more specific why I think Michael Parsons deserves defensive player of the year. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my props to Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. I'm gonna watch them. Okay. But this next week, I will watch them. All right. I'm gonna watch. Miles Garrett tape, and I'm going to watch TJ Watt tape. And then I'm going to watch Michael Parsons tape. And I guarantee when I get out of watching all that, I will still have this same epiphany that Michael Parsons is defensive player of the year. And I don't want to drag out this, but let me just give you some stats. He is 12th in sacks. He He has 57 solo tackles, 17 tackles for loss, 27 quarterback hits, two pass deflections, three forced fumbles, 13 hurries, 41 QB pressures, 15 quarterback knockdowns, and has only missed nine tackles. And he has allowed a 61.3 completion percentage when he's in pass coverage. Those are just some basic stats. Those are just some basic stats. The dude can do it all. This, this is what, and, and I'll talk about it more when I make the podcast, but my threshold right now, or my, my benchmark right now is 16 sacks for Micah Parsons. If he can get 16 sacks and continue what he does the rest of his game, if he can continue what else he does, the pass coverage, just the run stopping, the tackling, if he can continue that, maybe get an interception or two, maybe get two more forced fumbles but if he hits 16 sacks and tj watt and miles garrett do not break the sack record the single season sack record and they are around the number 16 as well i know tj watt is 16 right now and i know garrett has 15 so you know they they sort of they they they, they become stagnant and they stay around the 18 17 michael parsons is your defensive player of the year there there is an actual case and i'm not saying the other two guys don't deserve it because 
if you look at their stats, Miles Garrett's doing some crazy things. TJ Watt's doing some crazy things. I mean, he, he both of them are absolute, you know, horrors for NFL offenses. But Michael Parsons has a real shot. If he hits that benchmark, like I said, 16 sacks for me is the benchmark. That's the benchmark. Hell, he could get 17, but I'm going to say 16 is the benchmark. That means a sack for the rest, a sack a game for the rest of the season is what it is what it says okay let me finish up let me finish up so i don't take too much of your guys' time because i know i know i know y'all got things to do so i'm gonna finish with just a just a quick just a quick thing here are six teams that i cannot trust going into the last four weeks and going into the playoffs depending obviously i don't think all six of these teams are going to make their playoffs in their respective conferences but these are six teams i can't trust the 49ers the Bengals, the chargers the ravens the browns and the bills let me give you why I can't trust these teams, right? I'll start with the 49ers Bengals since they both played each other. I mean, since they play each other. I think they both have the same issue. And you can even throw the Chargers in this conversation, but they're a little bit of a different topic. The 49ers, the Bengals are two interesting teams because I think they're two of the more inconsistent teams, I would say, in the NFL. And why do I say that? One week, they can go out there and ball. And I, and I think this one's more leaning towards talking about the Bengals because I think I've seen what the Bengals have done when they are at their peak when they've destroyed the Ravens when you know they 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 destroyed the Steelers run they've run teams down right when they've beaten teams bad when they almost beat the Green Bay Packers that's their peak football but also I've seen games like the 49ers game now yes you could look at the scoreboard and say okay well Jude they only lost 26 to 23 it was 20 to 6 going into that fourth quarter and the the Bengals look dead in water right if it wasn't for Jamar Chase who is I I think tied right now for offensive rookie of the year if it was not for Jamar Chase they would have not been in that game they they would have not been in that game he made some phenomenal plays uh two excellent touchdowns they would have not been in that game and that's my concern you cannot go down 26 20 to 6 against very competent teams and i'm not saying the 49ers are competent i I should use a different word more competitive teams these teams will eat you alive they will eat you alive in the playoffs and that's what concerns me right i'm I'm a huge believer in the Bengals, and i think they have a bright future ahead of them but for this season they worry me because of the inconsistency and i can say the same thing about same thing about the 49ers yes they yes they sit at seven and six but they're another one of those teams where i look at them and say okay they're seven and six I'm still a little uncertain about them, right? Same with the Chargers. They go out and blow the Giants. Okay, great. You beat the Giants 37 to 21. But I've also seen the Giants get annihilated by the Broncos. I've seen them take some horrible losses. The Ravens and Browns, both teams sit in the AFC North. I think the Bengals actually win this division, honestly, the way it's going. I think the Ravens completely fall off. Lamar's hurt. I mean, they've they've had every possible injury you could have think of and more. And all at the most all at the worst times i mean the jk dobbins injury the start of season the marlon humphrey injury just a few weeks ago it's like man they cannot catch a break with how many injuries they have there's no chance this team has any chance of doing anything i hate to break it to the ravens fans i mean hey maybe they do but um it doesn't it's very improbable i would um you know i would say uh statistically (laughs) but same thing with the Browns. I mean, I, I've been on this thing since day one of when the Browns got Odell Beckham. I know he's not on the team anymore. I never liked this team. Uh, I never did. And, 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 and you know, Baker's a cool dude. And I think he's a, he's a hell of a football player. And I think he 
he, he, he can lead you to winning seasons, but I don't think he can lead you to where you want to go. Um, and that's a Super Bowl. I don't think he can do that. Um, and I've always and I've always said that until he proves me otherwise, I, I, I have no reason to believe that. So that's kind of kind of why I'm on the Browns. And then finally, the Bills. <laughs> I mean, the Bills in the past two weeks have looked awful. I know they came back. You know, they put up 24 points in the second half whatsoever. I mean, you this team, man, they've the past two games, the Patriots showed you could beat them with the run. Buccaneers showed them you could beat them with the pass. And for a great defense, you're like, damn, I mean, <laughs> what can't you do against this defense? And, I, and it really sucks because Tredavious White was a hell of a corner. And I, I think you're seeing the missing of him in this type of game. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I think the Bills I can't trust. I think they're the closest team that could turn it around and really make that stride out of the, the six teams that I just talked about. But they're still in my I can't trust list right now um, until I'm proven otherwise. Um, and last thing, um, man, prayers up to Demarius Thomas. And I, I, we mentioned this in the podcast. We talked about it. Demarius Thomas was a hell of a dude. Um, he was a phenomenal football player first off. Uh, but he was also an amazing person. He did a lot in the you know the Denver community, and he, what, when he spent time with the Jets and Texans, he did likewise in their communities. Um, Thirty three is such a young age, you know, to to not be alive anymore. So I, I think what it all taught us is, and I, I think we see this every time someone young dies, is man, just just cherish the times you have with the people that you truly care about because they, it could be any second that they're gone, and the you know that might haunt you so and I, I don't want to get too deep because you know this this is supposed to be about football and but you know football like we've seen in recent years is, it's more about the game I mean there, there's a lot more to football that's about the game it's about family and it, it, it's 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 just about this sense of community and you know hope um and I think I think that those are the biggest things about football but man it's it was really sad to hear the news um late Thursday evening and obviously you know Prayers up to his family and all the players that have played with him, Von Miller, Peyton Manning, and many other players that played with him. So, um, yeah, I mean, but anyway, to end on a lighter night, thank you guys so much for joining me on today's podcast. Um, And as always, I'm Hans Jude, signing off. Peace.